Town Bank Mortgage. NMLS number 512138 is an equal housing lender. This podcast is for informational purposes only. And now, the man born with a 5 o'clock shadow and with the NMLS number 2028201. He is a gentleman. He is a scholar. He is... Tyler Crawley. I thought we were going to go two whole days without a show because there's just not a lot happening with the real estate markets and mortgage markets. But I found something. I found something to talk about. Welcome, everyone, to the Wednesday edition of the Markets and Mortgages podcast. I am the aforementioned host of this podcast, Tyler Crawley. And yeah, I mean, it's slim pickings this week. I mean, there was literally, I mean, we had President's Day, uh, and then just Mondays, there's usually not a lot of data that happens, uh, but it was a holiday too. So there was nothing going on. <laughs> and I was thinking that we might not have enough to do a show for Wednesday, but we do. We do. Uh, we're going to be talking about the latest CoreLogic single family rent index, which is looking at the rental markets. Uh, and some interesting news because we've talked about here on the program how local rents, that's looking at, uh, you know, one bedroom, two bedroom, usually multifamily units, apartments, condos, things like that. Um, that sort of follows that index. Uh, locally, we've seen sort of a couple months, I think five or six months, uh, rents have fallen. However, the Core Logic Index looks at single family rents. And at least nationally, we have now seen the second increase month over month. That was after, I think, like 14 months. Uh, we saw the year-over-year number fall, or slow, I guess. Uh, the number slowing, because there's always been growth, but the number's been slowing. And now for the second straight month, according to, once again, the CoreLogic Single Family Rent Index, rent growth year-over-year is actually up. It's now at 2.8% to end 2023. That is up from the 2.7% in November, and that was up from the 2.6% that we saw in October. So not huge, and we're still looking at sub 3%, uh, which after what we saw during the pandemic is definitely welcome to see, but a increase nonetheless. Here's what's interesting, though. This is what I, th- I find very fascinating. So one of the worst parts for renters about the pandemic recovery was that according to, once again, the core logic, single family rent index, is they, they break down the rents into four categories. You have the lowest tier, which is the, the you know, lowest priced rents. And then you have low, low middle, high middle, and then high, the highest tier. And what was really unfortunate was that for, I think it was like two years straight, the biggest year over year increase was in the lowest tier. And you know, I say unfortunate because, you know, that's usually the people that can least afford that big of an increase. Not that anyone wants to see it or that you know, anyone deserves it, but um, you're thinking, okay, someone at the highest level, sure, they're not happy about it, but they can afford it. But someone at the lower tier, that's a problem. And so the good news in this final report 
2023 is that for the first time, the lowest price tier did not see the biggest increase. In fact, it was actually the second lowest. So that's, if you're trying to find a silver lining in this report here is the silver lining. For the first time since the pandemic recovery, the lowest, the lower price tier did not see the biggest year over year increase. Instead, that distinction went to the higher middle price tier which saw the biggest year-over-year increase at 3.3%. That was followed, no, no, not by the lowest price tier. That would be the lower middle price tier was up 3.2%. And then the lower price tier up 3.1%. And then the high price tier still the bottom. (laughs) And that kind of makes sense because if you think about it, if you raise rents, at a certain point. So some of the lower tier, you know, when they're faced with an increase in rent, um, they just, they kind of got to pay it. Uh, now maybe it might get to the point where they have to find some other way. Maybe, maybe, you know, they were living in a one bedroom prices get too high. So they got to, you know, decide they're going to live with someone else, something along those lines. Um, you know, moving into a one bed, two bedroom with someone sharing a living space, uh, so you might have to make that distinction, but someone at the higher price tier, one of the reasons why they're always going to have kind of a lower increase is because once rent at that level get to a certain point, they can say, okay, you know what? Let's just buy. It makes sense to buy. We're just going to buy. And so they always have that other option, which opens up, up a whole nother category of inventory for them. Meanwhile, someone at the lower tier doesn't have access to that inventory. So they're always stuck with whatever classifies as the lowest tiered rents. And so that's what sort of makes sense that the highest price tier is always going to have the lowest appreciation because you really have less room for kind of strong arming people. (laughs) At a certain point, people will go, you know what, let's just, we're going to buy a place. They have the money to buy. They might just be renting because it's convenient or whatever the issue is, but it gets to a point they go, you know what, let's, let's just buy. So they have access to a whole nother category of inventory. Uh, Another interesting aspect of this report, California on top, but not just California, the state, uh, looking at the metro areas, San Francisco, which I actually saw an article where was it in the journal? I think it was in the journal. Um, Let me see here real quick. I think that's where I Yeah, here it is. Wall Street Journal, tech leaders fled San Francisco during the pandemic. Now they're coming back. And so not surprisingly, San Francisco, top metro area, according to this CoreLogic report, with rents up 6.2% year over year. Remember when San Francisco was written off as dead? It's kind of like after during the pandemic when people were like, ah, well, I guess no one's ever going to live in a big city again. And everyone thought New York was dead and you know, uh, you know, Boston and all these other places. Yeah, that was not even close to being the case. Uh, so San Francisco, top spot, 6.2%. And what was interesting was that this was the third straight month that a California metro area took that top spot. Uh, Last month, it was actually San Diego. They were up 5.6%. And what's interesting about San Diego and San Francisco is that not rents, but 
home prices, they saw big drops at the beginning of last year, if you remember. Uh, Cali taking a big hit. I think some of these places saw 10 15% drop in home prices. And so now we're seeing rents increase. And you're seeing it in home prices, too. I mean, it hasn't recovered, but you are seeing positive numbers. Uh, now, the second spot, and this is, here's what's funny about this. You know, during the pandemic recovery, you could kind of see the places and it would make sense, right? Like you'd see like Florida, you know, Arizona, um, places, you know, Texas, you know, Austin, Dallas, whatever it was. You're like, oh, that's those are the pandemic cities. They're the ones seeing sort of the benefit from this uh, pandemic migration. And a lot of them were, you know, warmer places. People were, were outside more. You go outside more. So it made sense. This is just like normal everything all over the place. So the number one place, San Francisco. <laughs> and then you have uh, number two is Tucson, Arizona. Uh, they are seeing 5.5% increase year over year. Then Honolulu, <laughs> Hawaii, 4.8%. And then you got New York at 4.8 and Boston at 4.7. So like no rhyme or reason, just all over the place. We, we got some warm, some cold, tropical, not tropical at all. So, yeah, I mean, I guess they all have nice views. Maybe that's the, that's the takeaway. I mean, is anywhere it doesn't have a nice view, I guess. Uh, so Molly Bozel, principal economist for CoreLogic, noted that single-family rent growth is likely done falling and will probably stay within the current parameters going forward. She said in the release, quote, strong rent growth in the summer propelled the annual gain while monthly increases in the fourth quarter showed rents falling slightly more than is typical for the season. Single family rent growth should remain in the range of about two to 4% in 2024, which you know, kind of makes sense. Now, mind you, this is national. This is national. We all know in Wilmington, we are actually seeing a pretty decent rental. If you're a renter, it's a pretty good rental market. Uh, there is no doubt a big supply glut that we are seeing and it's, there's going to be some benefits to renters and it will probably bleed in to the real estate market because if all of a sudden you're looking at higher mortgage rates and higher home prices, you could see some people who were like, yeah, I'm going to buy. And so they're going, yeah, you know what? Why don't we rent for another year? Or they just moved down here and they're like, you know what? Instead of looking, because inventory is still crazy tight. Why don't we just rent? And so that will ease up the demand side of the equation, which could put some downward pressure on real estate prices. I mean, we're not seeing it now. <laughs> well, a little bit, a little bit are, because we're kind of in the doldrums here when it comes to the home buying season. But, you know, you can feel it. You can feel that pent up demand. Um, and so it'll be interesting to see locally if some of the impacts that we're seeing in the rental markets will be felt in the, um, on the, the sort of, real estate side, the buy, the home buying side. <laughs> I was trying to think about how to word that properly. Um, other than that, there wasn't a lot going on. Um, I did see an interesting report from the Great Wilmington Business Journal talking about how a nonprofit partnership with New Hanover County is aiming to help residents struggling to pay their rent. Wilmington-based New Hope 
That's an acronym, H-O-P-E. Uh, CDC will begin accepting applications for its rental assistance program. Uh, in November, the New Hanover County Board of Commissioners voted to allocate 500 grand to New Beginnings Christian Church for rental assistance for which secular nonprofit New Hope CDC will handle fund distribution. The release stated there's a website where you can go fill out an application. Uh, you must be employed and meet income requirements to qualify. And it is sort of unfortunate that we do have to do this, but you know, rents have seen some big jumps. That's why this relief that we've seen uh, recently has been great. And so it would be great if we could see some stagnation in the rental markets for a little while to the point where maybe we don't need programs like this. So, and how do you solve that by building? I mean, that's what's going to be, that's what's going to be great is that all of these people like myself who have been arguing that you want to know how you, uh, you know, lower rents, lower home prices, uh, you build. And people, oh, it's not that easy. It is that easy. It is that easy. Supply and demand. I know everyone likes to make it complicated, but that's what everything comes down to. You have X amount of demand. What is your supply? If your supply is more than demand, what happens? Prices go down. If your demand is more than supply, what happens? Prices go up. And because migration patterns have definitely stalled uh, as more people are forced to go back to work and they can't work remote and everything like that, um, in fact, I think I even saw recently there were some predictions that we could actually see um, some stagnant population growth or, 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 or no population growth, just sort of a stagnant population here in this area after just a crazy rush of people moving here during and a little bit after the pandemic. Um, it'll be interesting to finally see sort of a real world situation where we have seen all of these new rental units coming to market. A lot of them haven't even come to market yet. We're already seeing declines in rental prices and a lot of these big developments haven't even come to market. And so it'll be like a, a real world example. Because remember, once again, I think it was front page or was it real page? Front page, real page, one of those pages. <laughs> Can't remember. Uh, where they pointed out that Wilmington, I think it was sixth or seventh in the country for new rental units the prior year, 2023. So we're going to get first, we're going to get a real world example of what happens when you add, you see a big increase in supply with maybe not a huge increase in demand. And like I said, what does that tell you? We should see prices fall. And we're already kind of seeing it before some of these big developments come to market. So could be a good year or two for renters out there. Just throwing it out there. Um, all right. So today we are finally going to be getting some actual data, some things that we can actually talk about here that I'm not struggling to get to. Uh, as always, it's Wednesday, so we're going to be getting mortgage demand and rates. I don't think anyone, anyone's expecting anything real big, maybe a little bit increase, a little bit of a drop, nothing too big. Rates have been sort of stagnant. Uh, so just nothing that's going to cause any big surprise, but you never know. Uh, and then the big report, the first big thing that we can kind of dive into at two o'clock today, the FOMC minutes, that's going to be kind of big because as we all know, we had the last fed meeting and then Powell went on 60 minutes and you know, it was kind of weird because everyone that was paying attention like myself 
that saw the press conference where Powell said that, yeah, we're probably not going to see a rate cut in March. And then he said it on 60 Minutes and that caused, uh, you know, bond yields to <laughs> jump up. And it was like, wait, he just reiterated what he said four days ago or three days ago. I don't know. It's kind of weird. Um, but this will give us an indicator of where the others on the Federal Open Market Committee stand, what they were talking about, what the debate was, what they think about when the next, or, or not next, we haven't had one yet, when the possible rate cut could happen. So a lot of people will be looking at that for any indication of when we could see a cut from the FOMC. So we'll be talking about that on tomorrow's show. You guys enjoy your Wednesday. We will see you back here Thursday morning for another edition of Markets and Mortgages. And remember, as always, do not wait to buy real estate. You buy real estate and wait. We'll be right back.